Chapter 9 of the Bothy of Topernafuyasich by Arthur Clough. This LibriVox recording is part of the public domain. So on the morrow's morrow, with term time dread returning, Philip returned to his books, and read and remained at Oxford. All the Christmas and Easter remained and read at Oxford. Great was wonder in the college when postmen showed to the butlers letters addressed to David Mackay at Topor Nafuyasich. Letter on letter, at least one a week, one every Sunday. Great at the Highland Post was wonder too in conjecture, when the postman showed letters to wife and wife to the lasses, and the lasses declared they couldn't be really to David. Yes, they could see inside a paper with an E upon it. Great was surmise in college, at breakfast, wine, and supper. Keen, the conjecture and joke, but Adam kept the secret. Adam the secret kept, and Philip read like fury. This is a letter written by Philip at Christmas to Adam. What I said at Baloak has truth in it, only distorted. Plants are some for fruit, and some for flowering only. Let there be deer in parks, as well as kind in the paddocks. Grecian buildings upon the earth, as well as Gothic. There may be men, perhaps, whose vocation is to be idle, idle, stumptuous even, luxurious, if it must be. Only let each man seek to be that for which nature meant him, independent, surely of pleasure, if not regardless, independent also of station, if not regardless, irrespective alike of station, as of enjoyment, due to his duty and that state of life to which God, not man, shall call him. If you were to plough, Lord Marquis, out with, with you, and do it. If you were meant to be idle, O beggar, behold, will feed thee. Take my purse. You have far better right to it, friend, than Marquis. If you were born for groom, and you seem, by your dress, to believe so, do it like a man, Sir George, for pay, in a livery stable. Yes, you may so release that slip of a boy at the corner, fingering books at the window, misdoubting the Eighth Commandment. What a mere dean, with those wits, that debtor and creditor headpiece. Go to my detective, D.D., take the place of Burns and the Gager. Ah, fair lady Maria, God meant you to live and be lovely. Be so, then, and I bless you. But ye, ye spurious ware, who might be plain women, and can be no possibility better, ye unhappy statuettes, ye miserable trinkets, poor alabaster chimney-piece ornaments under glass cases, come, in God's name, come down. The very French clock by you puts you to shame by ticking. The fire irons deride you. Break your glasses, then, ye can. Come down. You are not really plaster. Come. In God's name, come down. Do anything. Be but something. You, young girl, who have had such advantages learnt so quickly. Can ye not teach? Oh, yes. And she likes Sunday still extremely. Only it's soon in the morning. Away. If to teach be your calling, it is no play, but a business. Off. Go teach and be paid for it. Surely, that fussy old dowager yonder was meant for the counter. 
Oh, she is notable, very, and keeps their servants in order past admiration. Indeed, and keeps to employ her talents how many, pray, to what use? Away, the hotel is her vocation. Lady Sophia is so good to the sick, so firm, so gentle. Is there noble, nobler spear than of hospital nurse and matron? Hast thou for cooking a turn, Lady Clarissa, and with them? And with your fingers, their beauty it spoils, but your own it enhances. For it is beautiful only to do the thing we are meant for. But they will marry, have husbands and children, and guests and households. Are there so many trades for man, for women only one? First to look out for a husband, and then preside at his table? Learning to dance, then dancing, then breeding and entertaining. Breeding and rearing of children at any rate the poor do. Easier, say the doctors, and better, with all their slaving, how many too disappointed, not being this, can be nothing. How many more spoil it for wives by means to become so spoil it for wives and mothers, and everything else moreover? This was the answer that came from the tutor, the grave man Adam. Have you ever, Philip, my boy, looked at it this way? When the armies are set in array, the battle beginning, is it well that the soldier whose post is far to the leftward say, I will go to the right, it is there I shall be do best service? There is a great field marshal, my friend, who arrays our battalions. Let us to this providence trust and abide and work our stations. This was the final retort from the eager, impetuous Philip. I am sorry to say, your providence puzzled me sadly. Children of circumstance, are we to be? You answer, Oh, no wise. Where does circumstance end, and providence where begins it? An revolving spear, which, which is upper, which is under. What are we to resist, and what are we to be friends with? If there is battle, tis battle by night. I stand in the darkness, here in the melee of man, Known, Doran on both sides. Signal and password known. Which is friend and which is foeman? Is it friend? I doubt, though we speak with the voice of a brother. Still you are right, I suppose. You always are and will be. Though I mistrust the field marshal, I bow to the duty of order. Let us all get on as we can, and do what we're meant for. Or, as it is said in your favorite weary old ethics, are arrogant. Yet is my feeling rather to ask, where is the battle? Yes, I could find in my heart to cry, in spite of my outspeed. Oh, that the armies indeed were arrayed! O oh, joy of the onset! Sound, thou trumpet of God, come forth, great cause to Arias, king and leader appear. Thy soldiers sorrowing seek thee. Would that the armies indeed were arrayed, O oh, where there is battle! Neither battle I see, nor reign, nor king in Israel, only infinite jumble and mess and dislocation, backed by a solemn appeal, For God's sake, do not stir there. You are right, I suppose, if you don't attack my conclusion. Let us go on as we can, and hunt and do the ergon. That is unlikely, to be sitting still, eating and drinking. Yes, you are right, I dare say. You always were and will be. 
and in default of fight, I will put up with peace and helps be. There are fragments again without date addressed to Adam. As at return of tide, the total weight of ocean, drawn by moon and sun from Labrador and Greenland, sets in a min in the open space betwixt Mole and Scarfa, heaving, swelling, spreading the might of the mighty Atlantic. There into cranian slit of the rocky, cavernous bottom, settles down, with dimples huge the smooth sea surface eddies, coils and whirls, by dangerous coverecken. So in my soul of souls, though its cells and secret recesses comes back, swelling and spreading, the old democratic fervor. But as the light of the day enters, some populous city, shaming away, ere it come, by chilly daybreak signal, high and low, the misusers of night, shaming out the gas lamps. All the great empty streets are flooded with broadening clearness, which, withal, but inscrutable stimulus access, permeates far and pierces to various cellars lying in narrow, high back lane and court and alley of alleys. He that goes forth to his walk while speeding to the suburb sees sights only peaceful and pure as labor is settling, slowly to work in their limbs in their limbs the lingering sweetness of slumber. Humble market carts coming in, bringing in, not only flower, fruit, farm store, but sounds and sights of the country. Dwelling yet the sense of dreamy drivers, soon after, half awake servant maids, unfascinating, unfastening, drowsy shutters, up at the windows or down, letting in the air by the doorway, schoolboys and schoolgirls soon, with slate, portfolio, and satchel, hampered as they haste, those running, these others maidenly tripping. Early clerk anon, turning out to stroll, or it may be, meet his sweetheart, waiting behind the garden gate there. Merchant, on his gr grass plat happily, bareheaded, and now, by this time, little child bringing breakfast to father, that sits by the timber. There by the scaffolding see, see, she waits for the can beside him. Meantime, above pure air, untarnished of new-lit fires, so that the whole great wicked artificial civilized fabric, all its unfinished houses, lots for sale, and railway outworks, seems re-accepted, re-assumed, to primeval nature and beauty. Such in me, and to me, and on me the love of Alpsy. Philip returned to his books, but returned to his highlands after. Got first, said, a winsome bride, tis certain. There while courtship was ending, nor yet the wedding appointed. Under her father he learnt to handle the hoe and the hatchet. Thither that summer succeeding came Adam and Arthur to see him down by the locks from the distant Glen Morrison. Adam the tutor, Arthur and Hope, and the piper Nan, who was there for a visit. He had been into the schools, plucked almost, all but a gone coon. So he declared, never once had brushed up his hairy aldrich into the mighty have been upsoaring sublime and ideal, gave to historical questions a free poetical treatment, 
leaving vocabular ghosts undisturbed in their lexicon limbo, took Aristophanes up a shot, and the whole three last weeks went into life and sunshine rejoicing to Nuneham and Godstow. What were the chains of degree to those of life and the sunshine? There did the four find Philip, the poet, the speaker, the chartist, delving at highland soil and railing at highland landlords. Railing, but more, as it seemed, for the fun of the piper's fury. There saw they David and Elsie Mackay, and the piper was almost, almost deeply in love with Bella, sister of Elspie. But the good Adam was heedful. They did not go too often. There in the bright October, the gorgeous bright October, and the brackens are changed, and heather blooms are faded. And amid the russet of heather and fern, green trees are bonny. There, when shearing had ended, and barley stooks were garnered, David gave Philip to his wife, his daughter, his darling Elpsby. Elpsby was quiet, the brave, was wedded to Philip the poet. So on Philip his bride, there married and gone. But, O oh, thou mighty one, muse of great epos, the idle, playful, tender, be it recounted in song, ere we part, and thou fly to thy Pindus. Pindus is it, O muse, or Adana, or even Ben Nevis? Be it recounted in song, O muse, of the Epos and Idol, who gave what at the wedding the gifts and fair gratulations. Adam, the grave careful Adam, a medicine chest and toolbox, Hope a saddle, and Arthur a plough, and rifle the piper, early a necklace for Elsby, and Hobbes a family Bible, early a necklace and Hobbes a Bible and iron bedstead. What was a letter, O muse, sent withal the corpulent hero? This is the letter of Hobbes, the kilted and corpulent hero. So the last speech and confession is made, O my eloquent speaker. So the good time is coming, or comes, is it? O my chartist, so the cathedral's finished at last, O my pukin of woman, finished, and now, is it true, to be taken out whole to New Zealand? Well, go forth to thy field, to thy barley, with Ruth, O Boaz, Ruth, who for thee hath deserted her people, her gods, her mountains, quitted her Mobab Lochar for thee, thy Naomi Boaz. Go as Epharth of old, and the gates of Bethlehem, they s said they. Go, be the wife in thy house, both Rachel and Leah unto thee. Be thy wedding of silver, albeit of iron, thy bedstead. Yeah, to the full golden fifty be lengthened, while fair memoranda. Dolly fill up the leaves Dolly left in the family Bible. Live, be happy, and look to keep the whole skin on thy sirloin. Live, and when Hobbes is forgotten, mayest thou an unroasted grandsire. See thy children's children, and democracy upon New Zealand. This is the letter of Hobbes, and this is the postscript after. Wit in the letter will prate, but wisdom speaks in postscript. Listen to wisdom, which things you perhaps didn't know, my dear fellow. I have reflected which things are an allegory, Philip. 
For this Rachel Leah is marriage, which I have seen it. Lo, and have known it, and always, and must be, bigamy only, even in noblest kind, a duality, compound and complex, one part heavenly ideal, the other vulgar and earthly. For this Rachel and Leah is marriage, and Laban their father, circumstance, chance, the world, our uncle, hard taskmaster, Rachel we found as we fled from the daughters of Heath by the desert. Rachel we met at the well. We came, we saw, we kissed her. Rachel we served for long years that seem a few days only. And for the love we have for to her, and win her at last of Laban. Is it not Rachel we take in our joy from the hand of her father? Is it not Rachel we lead in the mystical veil from the altar? Rachel we ho- we dream of at night, in the morning behold, it is Leah. Nay, it is custom, said Laban, and Leah indeed is the elder. Happy and wise, who consents to redouble his service to Laban, so fulfilling her week, he may add to the elder the younger. Not reputes Leah, but wins him the Rachel unto her. Neither hate thou Leah, my Philip, she is also is worthy. So many days shall thy Rachel have joy, and survive her sister. Yeah, and her children? Which things are an allegory, Philip? I, and by Oregon's head, with vengeance too, a long one. This was a note from the tutor, the grave man nicknamed Adam. I shall see you, of course, my Philip, before your departure. Joy be to you, my boy, with you and your beautiful Elspie. Happy is he that found, and finding was not heedless. Happy is he that found, and happy the friend that was with him. So won Philip his bride. They are married and gone to New Zealand. Five hundred pounds in pocket, with books, and two or three pictures. Toolbox plow, and the rest they rounded the spear to New Zealand. There he hewed and dug, subdued the earth, and his spirit. There he built a home, and Elpsy bare him his children, David and Bella. Perhaps ere this too, and Elpsy or Adam. There hath he farmstead and land, and fields of corn and flax fields. And antipodes too have a bothy of Tapernafuyusich. End of the Bothy of Tapernafuyusich by Arthur Clough.